Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Crime and Reason. It's good to be here, and uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you had a good weekend and a good week so far. I'm Leo Battenhausen. Hi, everybody. I'm John Kelly. Good evening, and thanks for tuning in. How was your weekend, John? Pretty good. Pretty good. good Pretty eventful. Got a little rest. How about you? Same thing. I've been uh, resting a lot. It's been so hot lately. Oh, uh, yeah. Back in business. Back in business on Monday. So tonight's show, we're going to be talking uh, about um, child pornography and how how this uh, how technology and the web, the World Wide Web, has made this uh, this crime infect, infectious and very easy to uh, to uh, conceal for the perpetrators. Um, we'll start off with some. I guess this is good news. The the FBI recently, I think it was last Friday. Um, they gave us a glimpse into the, it's very complex how they, how they combat child porn online. Um, but they, 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 uh, they seized a website this uh, recently, I think it was this year, uh, of the nearly 215,000 users. You know, that might not sound like a lot if you think about worldwide, but, uh, um, this is just one of many. Um, the search warrant was unleashed on Monday. It was, uh, in uh, in Brooklyn, New York, it showed the FBI seized the website. the The, the server was in North Carolina, so from, from New York to North Carolina, it allowed it to remain operating for two weeks after they uh, investigated it, because or after they seized it, because they wanted to see who was using it. Um, and this this particular network was designed to facilitate anonymous communication over the internet, you know, that protected the user's privacy. So these creeps were being protected using this particular system. It's very sophisticated stuff, but it contained thousands and thousands of postings and messages featuring child porn images. It had 214,900 members, you know, and before shutting it down, the FBI uh, obtained a search warrant from a judge in Virginia that allowed it to use a technique that would uh, cause a computer now to send it data anytime anyone logged on. So if these guys aren't aware that it was shut down or seized, the more they look at it, you're know, looking for more pictures of little kids, they're going to uh, be identified, which is really um, pretty amazing if you think about it. But the FBI is doing its job. You know, the websites, according to these documents, operated for the, what was called the Tor Network, T-O-R, uh, and the Tor network, uh, it allows users to communicate anonymously. So here we go. You know, again, we see how people can manipulate technology for criminal, sick games and their own self-satisfaction and pleasures, John. Yeah, well, see, what this is here, this is actually organized crime. Okay, this this whole situation has been organized and organized very, very well. There's a lots and lots and lots of money in this. People know it and they're going after it. They don't care about the kids that they're victimizing. They're only interested in the money. Did you say there were 419,000 users or did I get that wrong? No, you got that wrong. It was 200 and uh, where to go? 214. Thousand 
900 members. I guess you become a member to this site. Yeah, so what we're, what we're saying is we got 214,000 perverts. Yeah. Is that, that what you're that, saying to me? That's, that's right. Just from this website. Now, mind you, if there were, there's smoke, there's fire. This is probably one of, of hundreds or thousands worldwide. You know, so they're, this is big business for the FBI too, trying to, you know, run down all these things. But hey, kudos to them for finding at least this one. But that's, yeah, 215 roughly thousand perverts, pedophiles out there, you know, enjoying and pleasuring themselves to children doing things that they are being forced to do for them. Yeah, and I, I mean, these children are being violated. They're being taken advantage of. They're being manipulated. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Wasn't John Walsh's organization somehow involved in this? The Center for uh, Child Exploitation and, yes, uh, yes. Missing, and the Missing. Yeah, I think they yeah. were involved as well. They're pretty good. I'll tell you, those guys do a good job, too. They work hand-in-hand hand with the FBI. They're very good. Well, it's it's good to know this. You know, this is, you know, right here in, in the homeland here, this this child porn is coming sometimes from what would appear willing participants from young kids. Or should I yeah. say bamboozled participants, you know, what happens uh, here in the States. We know the kids today are sexting and sending pictures of themselves to their each other, their girlfriends, boyfriends. I mean, it's really gotten out of control with, with uh, how loosely our kids are <clears throat> becoming sexualized and free to free to send these pictures all over the place. You know, to their friends and God knows where they else they can wind up, and that's what they don't understand. And, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, um, one fellow from the FBI, Special Agent Meyer, who uh, is involved in uh, internet pornography and child pornography. I mean, he 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 brought it out very simply, but it it made so much sense. He said. When you send a sexual picture of yourself, it takes about 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. He said, so what you're doing is you're investing 10 seconds of sexual exploitation for whatever reason, who you're sending it to, why you're sending it or whatever, that's going to cause you a lifetime of misery. So 10 (laughs) seconds of sexting, by the time it gets to where it needs to go, it can cause you a lifetime of misery and shame. Well, that's well put and very true, unfortunately, and very sad to hear that. But he's right. He's absolutely right. You know, and kids, are, they'll do it, and they're not thinking about what's ahead or the consequences. You know, that's a parent's job is to teach them that. I don't understand why, um, why our children need cameras on their phones to begin with. I, I mean, I understand the parents want to be able to reach their kids and then call them. But what that doesn't mean they need a telephone, I mean, a camera on there, right? I mean, what's the point of that? Or, you know, having a, the ability to go online on their phones. Do kids need this? Do they really need this? And these smartphones? You know, <laughs> Do they yeah, really need and, a camera? <laughs> and, you know, you've got a young child with a $700 uh, phone or whatever they're going for these days. I mean, you know better than I, but, I mean, I just... I have a I have a real problem 
with uh, you know the uh, the availability uh, that this ki- these kids seem to have to these very very smartphones. And again, something we brought up a while ago. You actually, I think, brought it up from a caller you had. And, you know, would you allow your kid to walk into New York City alone? Well, if you wouldn't allow your child to walk into New York City alone, why would you allow your child to have complete open access and be able to visually walk into the world? You know, and, and kids, kids... You know, think think they're immortal. They're going to live forever. Nothing's going to happen. They're not thinking ahead. Their brain, again, as we've talked about, is forming. They need structure. They need guidance. You can't just uh, take a kid and drop them off in New York City and expect good things to happen. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know if you can expect good things to happen by just giving your uh, child a key to a visual world. Well, I, I mean, don't, uh, you're right. What's the? I, I mean, I get the, you know the computers in the house, but the, you know, if kids have cell phones or smartphones, whatever the phones, and they're not very smart, but uh, to, to, to have that gives them that key. So a parent has no way to supervise really you know, what kind of pictures or messages or websites they're looking at when they're not in their direct line of supervision. So okay, yeah. you want a phone? Here's your phone. It makes phone. It can dial people up. You can call people, and you can text. That's it. That's about all I would allow my child if I had one. You know, well, when I think you want a camera I, I, on your, <laughs> you want a camera on your phone. You're going to have to have a job and earn your money to buy the seven hundred dollar phone. Well, you and I are therapists, and we understand this. We see it every day, and we see a lot of families every day, and a lot of dysfunction. Okay, and and uh, lots of times the families aren't running the house. Mom and dad are not running the house. The kid is actually running the house and getting uh, whatever they want. When you see this kind of situation take place where a child has access to this kind of phone and doesn't have any structure and then doesn't have anybody uh, watching over them, and, and let's face it, I mean, kids fall victims to peer pressure every day. So it's going to depend on who they're hanging around. It's going to depend on their peers. It's going to depend on who they're talking to online. And we both know if uh, they're, you know, for whatever reason, feel for whatever reason, feel they're getting nurtured or loved online. or yeah, good right. online. Like you, you brought this out in social side so many times. And it's a great book because all of this is coming true. Okay? Well, this is all mm-hmm. happening. All right? I've seen the writing on the wall, John. And I did it. was a social site is, is really a warning to, to all parents. And um, my friend Pippa Jones, a DJ over in Talk Radio Europe, she's had me on several times. She says it's compuls- compulsory reading for all parents, which is very nice of her to say. But... I mean, I think it is too, and I think we need to wake up as parents, you know, because this is I'm not, the book was really written as a warning as to what's coming down, and it is getting worse. The sexualization of children, you know, is is all over. It's running rampant, and then you have these these creepy predators out there who are going to take advantage of it, and we're going to talk about one of them um, probably when we come back for the first break, and we're going to talk about one of his victims that 
came forward and gave some background as to how she felt. You know, being um, enslaved by this this monster, and um, I think you'll find this very interesting when when we get to him because this is not new news too. The FBI is really seeking help in finding this this creep, and we'll we'll get to him in in a bit. But so I think we need to all really, you know, the social side thing is real. We are destroying ourselves from the inside out, John. Which and I, what I mean by that is, and we say this every week from the if the family crumbles, so does our society. It's just that that's what's going to happen, and it's happening. It is happening yeah, no, as the, we speak. Yeah, the country was built on the family. There's no question about it. And and you have all these people, you know, trying uh, to profit, these these uh, horrific profiteers living off the uh, the skin, if you will, of children. It's, it's uh, you know, the skin and flesh and bones of children. It just uh, It's very upsetting and... Uh, you know, we need to have many more debates in this country on uh, on this whole situation. Yeah, and, and to, I mean, today's show, well, we're focusing on children. But I do want to bring up uh, the recent uh, outcoming of uh, Mr. William Crosby. Okay, you know, what have we found that this is adults now we're talking about. But see that this predatory behavior is not just on, you know, for children. It's, it's also on women who are being doped and you know, and brought in and, and manipulated sexually. Bill Cosby has come out and said he did do this. What, back in 2005, something like this? Yeah, I don't know exactly the date, but he did come out with it. It is documented. I mean, this guy's running around using quaaludes. I mean, how far back does that go? It's got to go way back. This guy, this, 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 quaaludes were probably the first date rape drug or whatever. I mean, we're we're talking going back to quaaludes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was 2005 he came clean, so I don't know. But there's a, he, the, the, these women are all coming forward now, and there's more to be said about him and that type of manipulative, sexual, narcissistic behavior. But um, they need to be heard. See, that's another part of this. When, when especially with girls, when they're sexually manipulated or abused, there there's a big the issue of shame for them in many, many instances, keeps them from coming forward. You know, there's a whole other, you know, non-responsive reaction to this because these women don't want to be subjected to people being uh, put on on any stands or uh, embarrassed or shamed in any further way than they've already been. Yeah, and it drips down to their families, and they're always thinking about their families as well, so they keep quiet and they don't say anything. Right. This is why this has taken so long to come to a head. But now, you know, kudos to these women. You know, they have a lot of courage stepping forward and going after them. And, uh, you know, there's a number of them. I mean, this isn't just one, two or three women. I mean, you've got a yeah, bunch no. of women coming forward here and saying, hey, this guy drugged me and then sexually abused me. So what would you would that be? Would you consider him a serial rapist, John? In a way? I would I I would consider him um, I would consider him a, a chemical rapist, a serial rapist. Um, you know, I mean, I I I think anybody that takes advantage of a woman through the use of drugs to literally knock her unconscious so they can have their way with her and do whatever they want to do with her. I think you'd have to consider them a serial rapist. I mean, now, you know, 
other people may not say that. They may not consider that. Oh, yeah. But I have to, I have to believe that, Leo. I think you hit on a good point there. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's, um, it looks like, uh, you know, he got them into his control zone. He invited them wherever he wanted to have them. They showed up because they wanted to make it. He was big at the time in uh, movies and television. Yeah, yeah and, everybody uh, loved and, uh, and, uh, Hey, hey, yeah. hey, it's Fat Albert. Everybody loved Bill Cosby. And Huck, yeah. You can't be that bad of a guy. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, those and, are the wolves in sheep's clothing, aren't they? Yeah, and and got away with it for a long time. It's almost like he's a a long time. Almost like a necrophiliac. The next step would be necrophilia, wouldn't it? I mean, he's basically killing these girls chemically for a short period of time, then doing his thing, and then they come back to life. You know, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's knocking them out. You know, maybe uh, they're pretty much just unconscious or in some kind of twilight. Uh, sleep and uh, you know he's doing what he wants to do with them so you know it sure. is all about the power the control the pathological narcissism the sexual gratification you got it all there you got you yeah. have it all there this is just not a violent rapist as much as it is a chemical rapist it's a coward rapist too isn't it my opinion. These guys are all cowards, but uh, you know, they can't uh, approach a woman normally, so they have to drug them and take advantage. But well, listen, we're going to break, and when we come back, folks, we have a very, a very interesting case of a. What do you would you call this guy? Well, we'll get into that. His name is Lucas Michael Chandler, and uh, the FBI is seeking help in finding more of his victims. And this is recent news, folks. Uh, we'll get into him and his uh, pathological sickness, and we'll also talk about one of his victims who has stepped forward trying to help others who may have been um, affected by him or other other uh, serial uh, stalkers and uh, child abusers and predators online. So stick around. We'll be right back. Thanks. You need to lock this guy and throw the key away. We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksAndMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen. 
Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. Bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're, we're back for uh, part two of um, our, our discussion on child abuse and uh, child predators and sexual predators online. John, I've been really looking forward to talking to you and dissecting this guy is Lucas Michael Chancellor, um, former pharmaceutical student, and I think he was sentenced to 105 years in prison. Yeah, thank guilty, God. Right? Thank God is right. Pleaded nine guilty to nine counts of producing child pornography. Okay. Yeah, well, what do you know? <laughs> Let's talk about him, John. What's your profile or uh, uh, radar tell you about this guy? Well, you know, I mean, uh, this guy, I think, is in for some uh, jailhouse justice. I Hopefully. mean, other prisoners do not like uh, prisoners to take advantage of kids and children. And this guy did. Lucas, Mike, Lucas Michael Chancellor. I mean, I got to tell you. This is what's very interesting about him. We have to look at him as a serial, electronic, sadistic, voyeurist. This guy wow. is a voyeurist. He's really into voyeurism, but he's sadistic. He's extremely sadistic. And he's all about how he can take advantage of these young girls and have complete power and control over them stay hidden in the internet he's completely camouflaged they don't even know who he is uh, i think you know how many different names he had I it mean, was well john i think it was well over 150 screen names he used to lure over um potentially 240 victims yeah there you so, go and, um, the FBI, had, we're going to post that on our website, too, at crimeandreason.com, um, these names he used. So if anybody knows of anybody that might have been, um, you know, violated by this guy, take a look at there and see if you recognize any names. The FBI is looking for help in, in this case to gather more victims. So go ahead. I'm sorry, John. No, that's all right. They want to, What they want to do is they want to kind of let these girls know uh, that they don't have to be looking over their shoulders anymore. This guy terrified them. This guy not only got off to the sex, but he got off to the power and control. And where the, you know, sadistic nature comes in is he was getting off on their fear. 
I mean, he he terrified these girls. Yeah, he's he was sex sextorting them, correct? Sextortion, this guy. This yeah, is something new. <laughs> this is all new. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. talk about social side. We've never heard these words before. Yeah, sextortion. So yeah. what he would do, right? Let me let me give a little bit of background on his mo. He would uh, portray himself as a young a young adolescent male, and try and he went into these. Social network, uh, chat rooms, um, you know, Facebook, uh, MySpace, whatever, uh, there's so many of them these days, I can't keep track. And he would find these young girls and befriend them, and he would even like sh- show pictures of, of a young male engaging in sexual activity. I guess that was part of the, the grooming to win their trust. And as soon as the girl, or sometimes he'd tell the girl, you know, I have pictures of you. And the girl didn't know if that was true or not. And I'm going to show them to your mother or to your friends if you don't keep sending me more pictures of yourself, naked pictures. And he would get more and more demanding of what he wanted from these girls. Might start, show me a picture of your breast. Okay, now show me a picture of your, your whole frontal nudity. Now, you know, start doing something with yourself. Really sick stuff. And all the while threatening these girls to expose them if they didn't comply. Yeah, so and these, you know these you girls, know. and these girls are coming back to him saying, "Oh my God, please don't, please don't, oh my God, please, I'll do, you know, please don't yeah. send that to my family, please don't send these pictures to my friends, please don't do this, please." And he could care less about their pleas. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was concerned about, well, if you don't want me to. Then do exactly what I'm telling you. So it is sextortion, extortion, whatever you want to call it. But over the internet, I guess we're looking at sextortion. Years ago, we'd call this guy 20 years ago. If we had a guy running around looking in windows and taking pictures of women in various stages of undress, we'd call him a peeping Tom. Yeah. Now we've gotten to the point. Where we have, you know, a guy who is actually an electronic voyeur, voyeur, and he's not only an electronic voyeur, he's sadistic. And he's able to operate with impunity because he can hide on the Internet. John, when, when you say sadistic, can you explain to the listeners what you mean by sadistic? Yeah, see, this guy, he doesn't just get off on seeing these girls in various naked poses or in various stages of undress. That's not what really floats his boat. What really floats his boat is seeing them in torment. He wants to see them being extremely afraid. He's getting off on their fear. And the power and control he has over them that's causing their fear. That's orgasmic to a lot of these guys. Okay. And in the meantime, while he's causing and inflicting all this pain on these young girls, you know, he's having a very good time for himself. I mean, he could care less about their feelings. He could care less about their families. I mean, he has no empathy. He has no sympathy. He has no concern. I mean, he's the saddest. He's, he's yeah. electronics. I've never seen anybody like to be honest with you that was able to operate. 
you know, over the yeah. internet. And I guess that's what's coming. And like you brought out in your book, I mean, I guess that's what's coming down the line with all this technology. But I've never seen anything like this. And somebody had so many victims. He electronically raped all these victims. Well, and he did. And by using all of these aliases online, he, I guess he's a pretty intelligent guy and very computer savvy. But the way they caught Chancellor, this, the only reason they caught him, I think, is the, the FBI identified him. One of the victim's parents came forward and called them. And that's victim, her name is Ashley Reynolds. And, and she, I have a bit of a transcript from her that she spoke about how this affected her. And we'll get to that in a bit. But, she, you know, if he was a, and I'm looking at this map of where he, you know, the little dots are where he allegedly, um, you know, contacted girls. And I'm telling you, I don't see a, a white spot on this map. It's covered with red dots. None of these families came forward to say something. None yeah, of them. The, one family brought him to justice. One family out of a 240. How the hell does that happen? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we're looking at. One family. One family. Really, really, really are the ones that put out a tip that got the FBI onto this guy, and supposedly he's victimized over 350 teenage girls. Well, it could be a 1,000. John, we yeah, don't even write. We, we have no idea. You say 250, right. It's like when he, an alcoholic says, uh, you know, I had a, drink, a couple drinks last night. They mean 50. You know, this is this guy. You could say 250 girls he violated. That could be 2,050. Who knows, which is really frightening, too. But that's why the FBI is calling out. For people to come forward. There's a lot of people, I guess, walking around traumatized by this creep, you know, and don't, don't know if he's still around or not. Well, it's like having somebody violate your bedroom. It's like, you know, being in your bed or being in your bedroom and all of a sudden here comes somebody through the window or something. I mean, only this guy's coming through the computer or the smartphone or whatever he's doing. It's scary. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's got to be more than traumatic. It's got to be, you know, um, terrifyingly traumatic because can you imagine you're in school? You're one of these young girls. You're in school. You know, you're coming home. You know, this guy is on to you. You know, this guy is extorting you or sextorting you and all your day at school, you have to have this guy in the back of your mind. Right. Now I, now I'm leaving school. I got to go home. And what is he going to make me do today? What is he, what, what does he have in mind today? Will I hear from him today? Maybe I won't hear from him, but you know what? This guy here didn't stop. Like you said, all the dots are covered. This guy was obsessive compulsive. He was addicted to this. He did not work. And that's all he did. Yeah. Like all he did all day long was stalk children. And that's why he got 105 years in prison. And he deserves more. But, sure. but you know what I tell you that, the, um, he, uh, let me just read an excerpt from, uh, Ashley Reynolds transcript here. She said, I felt like a slave. I had to make sure I had replied to every message. I had to give him an explanation. I feel like why wasn't I like when he would say like why he would have to she would have to explain to him why she wasn't replying, and my lies of everything. 
and what I was doing and what I was not doing. Having him know, I'm sorry, I have school in the morning. I have to do this. I am at school until this time. He had her schedule pegged. Now, if he's got all these girls under his thumb, he spent the day, right, he must have been sitting there monitoring each and every move all of these girls must have had. She also said, I remember just lying in bed in silence and thinking, I felt like God was just so disappointed in me, and I didn't know what to do. I wouldn't get home until late at night, and then I'd have to send him all these pictures. And as I'm doing this, he would be like, I would be like, no, this isn't right. Or no, he would be like, no, this isn't right. This one is blurry. Or you didn't do this right. You weren't doing it right. You got to do it again. So see how even, can you imagine, you don't even know who this person is. That's the no. really scary part. When you're being stalked, and you don't know who the stalker is and being demanded to do such things, you are a slave. And that's even, I mean, not knowing who is scarier than anything, in my opinion. Yeah, he turned these young girls into sexual slaves, you yeah. know, electronically sexual slaves. I mean, that's what he did. He had he had them jumping through hoops, and he loved every minute of it. I don't know how this guy had time to sleep. He, he was so yeah, involved in this and had so many victims and all these aliases and websites and the way he was moving. I don't know how this guy had any time to sleep. And I don't think he cared. I think I think this is just a real serious, serious, uh, you know, addicted, sexual, uh, sadistic voyeurist. I mean, this this I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything yeah. like this. We, you know, we've worked cases where there's been a lot of, uh, you know, these various uh, sadistic psychopaths and sociopaths, which he is, he's a psychopath, sociopath, this guy probably got about four diagnoses. But the point I'm trying to make is we were cases where, you know, we've had a lot of picture taking, you know, and a lot of these guys are involved in taking pictures. A lot of them are involved in doing videos. But never have I seen anything with so many victims being controlled at one time yeah. to the internet. I mean, right. I, it's, it, this is mind blowing to me how this guy was able to pull this off and got away with it for a long time. And like like Ashley uh, Reynolds said again, he was not going to stop, and he was set on sharing my picture with whoever he could to ruin my reputation. Okay, so that was the motivation. This guy didn't even want money. He just wanted more and more pictures. You said, I don't know how he slept. I'm wondering if he, maybe he had a cocaine addiction because, you know, cocaine and pornography go hand in hand. Uh, he could have been, hey, I mean, I'm just saying, he could have been sitting there doing drugs as well, but the sickness just never stopped. I mean, it sounded like he was up around the clock. Yeah, like cocaine or methamphetamine, yeah. some kind of real strong central nervous system stimulant because he was up around the clock or was he that turned on, you know, with what he was doing, you know, because, you know, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Do it this way. Do it that way. You know, it's like he's the puppeteer, okay, and she's his puppet, and he's playing her. You know, you know move it this way. Move it that. Move over yeah. here. Move over there. Show me this. Show me that. I mean, my God, I don't know how this girl kept it together. I mean, I, I don't know how some of these people didn't commit suicide, and maybe they did, and we just don't know yet, because, you know, there's they only found 109 only. of these girls right. so far. Right, only. only. Isn't, that, isn't that a crazy statement? They only found 109 victims so far, okay? They think right. there's, what, 350 out there. So, 
I mean, who knows what some of these girls did? They may have killed themselves over this guy. And, 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 and if they did, this guy needs to face it. He needs to face it. Yes, he does. And I'm, I'm hoping that people will, will listen to us, this show, or do their own investigation and respond to the FBI and request to see what's going on here. He told the authorities that he targeted, he only targeted girls from 13 to 18 because adults were too smart to fall for his scheme. He admitted that. Imagine that. You know, part of me, part of me believes that, but there's another part of me that knows these guys inside out, and usually anything they say or do that pertains to themselves, they're doing it for their own selfish reasons, and that's that pathological, narcissistic thinking, you know, that you bring out in social side as well. This this guy here, I mean, you know, I think he doesn't want to be, you know, completely honest about what his, uh, shall we say, his drug or high of choice is. And I just think his high of choice is younger girls. And he didn't want to, he doesn't want to elaborate too much on that because mm. he knows where he's going. And, you know, the folks that are in there to greet him aren't going to be too happy with his behavior. Well, let's hope that's true. I know it is true. Let's hope they don't give him any special privileges. I really believe these guys belong in general population. This man deserves nothing less than being with the the worst of the worst because he is the worst of the worst. You know, and when they give him this like you know, protective custody BS, a lot of people get really upset, and I don't blame them because I'm one of them. It's just not right. You know, after all he's done. So we need to keep an eye on uh, where he winds up. But, yeah, well, the FBI is calling for people to come out and um, and take a look at, at the, some of these screen names he used. And like I said, they'll be on the CrimeAndReason.com website, CrimeAndReason.com. Look there, um, you know, at your leisure and see if any of those um, are familiar to you or to any of your, of your kids. And we want to talk a little bit about, you know, what makes these girls, you know, go this route, John. Like what's in it for them? We got a break in a few minutes, but I guess we could start. You know, we we what do we talk about every week? Parents, parents, parents. Where are the parents when these kids? What's making these kids look for that nurturing online? This guy was posing as a sixteen-year-old skater, guaranteed uh, good-looking, guaranteed good-looking skater. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. right? This yeah. is what every girl wants. He's showing me attention. Yeah, he, he likes me. Yeah, you know? yeah he's and complimenting he, me. He's complimenting right? me. Yeah, he, and he's showing me pictures of himself. Yeah. I and then you know what? Even in like the regular world, and I'm using quote unquote regular world, these this age group can be very demanding to their girl, the boys to their girlfriends wanting sexting pictures. They push them into feeling guilty until they send them pictures. Mm-hmm. And now these are not these pedophiles or sextortionists we're talking about. These are everyday kids. So, you know, we know if the girl is interested in a guy at that age and the guy pushes hard enough, mm-hmm. he's going to get those pictures. From exactly. He's going exactly. to get them. And he's going to promise her, oh, I won't show them to anybody. Of I mean, course. I'll delete them when I'm done. You know, I, I mean, you have nothing to worry about. Just trust me. I love you, you know. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Look at if you don't want it out there, if you don't want it seen, it's real simple. If you don't want it seen all across the world, don't show it. It's that simple. Exactly. If you don't want it seen, don't show it. And it mm-hmm. can't be seen because anybody that is manipulating you for pictures and they want to look at you in various stages of undress definitely is not your soulmate. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Right not You're not going to be your soulmate down the line. Okay. And that is How about sure. this guy? What is Captain Obvious was one of his names, so we even took yeah, a captain <laughs> name, Captain Obvious. Well, that, that's I mean, creative. this guy's obviously, uh, you know, a sick sadist with this guy, Captain <laughs> Obvious. Yeah, I mean, um, I wonder how long it took to come up with that one. Well, yeah. we're going to take a quick break again, John, and be back for round three. We're going to give you some... Uh, some tips on uh, what to do with your kids and talk a little more about why kids are falling down these uh, dangerous roads. So stick around. This is Crime and Reason. We'll be right back. By the year 2020, depression will be the world's second highest diagnosed medical condition in the world following heart disease. Millions of people are suffering with depression and sadness. People ask, is depression treatable? What's causing this epidemic and what can we do about it? Psychotherapist Leo J. Battenhausen's book, Defeating Depression, The Calm and Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction, has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. He's a licensed clinical social worker and clinical alcohol and drug counsellor. Leo J. Badenhausen shows people how to identify, address and overcome common misconceptions about life that cause many to live in misery. The book that has a five-star rating on Amazon.com is filled with priceless information to quickly bring the reader into a brighter frame of mind and assist in enjoying life to its fullest. Defeating Depression, the common sense way to find happiness and satisfaction by Leo J. Battenhausen. Available at select bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It will change your life. We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath us right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksAndMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Yeah, Leo, I got to tell you, this is just absolutely insane. The more I see this, the more it's hard for me to understand it. I guess because I'm from the old school. 
but I just can't understand, uh, you know, how this goes on and parents mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, obviously this guy had the kid, the girl so scared they wouldn't tell their parents. He had them in a, in a, in a stage of trauma. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of post-traumatic stress among yep. these girls for many, many years, if not for a lifetime. And you know what? Ash, Ashley is the one that brought this guy down. Now she's, she's, uh, an advocate and going out and talking about right. sextortion, you know, to pretty much anybody who will listen. Uh, so, you know, kudos to Ashley because she took her lemons and she turned them into lemonade. She took a bad thing and turned it into a really good thing. And her being the age she is, I'm sure a lot of the younger kids are going to listen to her versus well, listening to you or me. Well, I hope so. And that's what uh, she said. It was the, you know, the hardest thing to do was face this uh, with her parents in, involved. But it was the best thing that she did. She it freed her. You know, and kids really, I mean, it's, they need to try to be, well, listen, if you've got an open relationship, a good relationship with your parents, this probably wouldn't happen to begin with. And I'm not uh, making any judgments on Ashley and her parents, but they can, any kid can slip through the cracks. But if you have the right nurturing and support from your parents, this probably wouldn't happen to begin with. You wouldn't find yourself in situations like this. And if you did, you wouldn't be so reluctant to tell your parents, look what's going on. This guy is coming after me, mom or dad. You know, I, I don't know what to do. So I think that a lot needs to be said about that as well, because as we know in social side and with society today, that the, these computers are doing too much of the parenting, providing too much of the, the, the nurturing and fulfilling of our kids' true needs to be socialized and loved and understood and guided. They're not getting that. And that, I believe, with all my heart, is what you know, makes them uh, uh, easy prey to these creeps. Yeah, this guy's 30, 40 years old, pretending he's like 14, 15 or something. I mean, yeah, where, did, where did he come from? Like, We don't know anything yet about his background, but I'm sure it's no... <laughs> No walk in the park for him. He probably had a horrible childhood and doing all kinds of creepy things. You know, I have to say, though, I have to say, though, kudos to Ashley's mother. Because at some point, she decided to check her computer out. That's what parents need to do. They need to check out these computers. When her mother, when her mother, it might have taken a while, but when her mother did check out her computer and saw these explicit pictures of Ashley, okay, she called her on it, and then she got her husband involved, and Ashley started crying and carrying on to her father, please don't call the police, please don't call the police, they're going to arrest me because I was underage mm-hmm. or whatever when this started, and I'm involved, and my friends will hear this, and, you know, I'll be embarrassed and shamed, you know. And the bottom line, and she even thought she'd go to jail. See, that guy might have been telling her this, too. Oh, yeah, yeah if you yeah. want to tell somebody, go ahead and tell them. Guess what? You're going to jail. That, you're not yeah, only going to have your reputation ruined, you're going to go to jail for sending those pictures over the Internet. See, this guy, I'm sure, covered all bases and had her scared to death completely to tell anyone or go to, uh, you know, especially go to authorities, you know. Yeah, sure. That's, I'm sure he did. You're right. Manipulator to the very end there, you know. And the mother, you know, the mother, uh, you know, 
realized, being an adult, that if if this was happening to her daughter, this was probably happening to other girls as well, and that this predator probably had multiple victims. So they they they're the first ones who really got involved, tipped off the FBI, and uh, you know that's what happened. I mean, uh, the FBI raided Chancellor's house. Uh, examined his computer and found thousands of images in child wow. pornography. Thousands of images from girls all across the United States, Canada, and England. Do you think, John, he was uh, at some point going to try to sell this stuff? Or do you I, think it was all I for think, him? I think he was building up two things. I think he was building up a tolerance and he needed these girls to be more sexually explicit to get his cookies off. That's number one, because I could tell the way he was progressing them in their posing yeah. and acting. Okay, right. So I think he was building up a tolerance. And I think he was building up an inventory that he felt was going to be worth a lot of money and that he could sell. I think he, he, he was an evil entrepreneur on the verge of trying to set up and, and probably put a lot of thought into it, how to set up a pornographic website. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he, uh, and we know this is huge business. Child porn is a tremendous billion, billion dollar industry. Um, That's organized, and it's organized crime. Yeah, I mean, this anyway. guy, this guy, I don't think he, well, he was, like you said, he's really computer savvy. Yeah, I mean, really, com- really computer savvy. I don't, I don't know why this guy was headed to become a pharmacist unless he wanted to knock women out physically. Maybe that was his next move. Well, that's his what next I was move- thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His next move is to get uh, date rape drugs from the pharmacy or whatever, and uh, you know, knock out some of his customers or something uh, when he got the opportunity. Because you know, usually people like this, I mean, they can stay at a certain level. And then that tolerance builds to a point where, you know, just seeing pictures isn't enough anymore. Now, with that said, I certainly could be wrong, but usually, you know, I see uh, I see people really evolve from mm-hmm. here. I mean, really, any serials we've ever worked, I mean, many, many of them, many of the cases, serial killer cases we've worked Many of the predators have been peeping toms and voyeurs who like mm-hmm. to look in windows. And then after a while, that just became too boring, man. Right. You know they need I mean? more. They, it's like, they you know, need more. They want something right. physical. Physical. I, I, I could see this guy setting up appointments with these girls, you know, to meet him somewhere. And they think they're going to meet this, uh, what, 16-year-old or 15-year-old yeah, good-looking yeah, yeah. skateboarder when uh, they're going to meet the devil. Yeah. Yep, and then it happens, I think, all too much that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. I want to go over a couple of uh, special agent Larry Mayer from the FBI gave some uh, some uh, pointers for people to be aware of. And parents, if you're listening, or kids, if you're listening, take a listen to these. Whatever you're told online may not be true which means the person you think you are talking to may not be the person you really are talking to. That's number one. Don't trust anybody so quickly. Don't send pictures to strangers. Don't post any pictures of yourself online that you wouldn't show your grandmother. I I love that one. (laughs) He said, if if you only remember that, Mayor said, you're probably going to be safe. 
And he says, if you are being targeted by an online predator, tell someone. If you feel you can't talk to a parent, tell a trusted teacher or counselor. You can also call the FBI, the local police, or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Cyber Tip Line. All right. And lastly, he said, you might be afraid or embarrassed to talk with your parents, but most likely they will understand. One of the common denominators in the Chancellor case, Mayer noted, was there was that parents wished their daughters had told them sooner. They were very they were very understanding and sympathetic. They realized their child was being victimized. So. You see, the parents in retrospect are saying, I wish you would have told me sooner. I say, I wish they would have been looking into this sooner. So it goes both ways. But those are the tips from the FBI, and I think they're good tips. Don't send anything you wouldn't show your grandmother. I think that's one. I love it. And I, love I, always, that, I love that cliche. I love it. I, I tell my clients, you know, if they listen to me or not, my, my younger kids, don't do anything you wouldn't do with, with, without your, with your parents in the room, and you'll never get in trouble. Exactly. So exactly that, and that, and that's an excellent, excellent philosophy. And um, so that FBI backed, I guess, John. It's FBI backed. Now you know the other thing too with this Meyer, which again brings me back to your book, Social Site. Leo, this guy started off going into schools to educate kids, and I guess he started, you know, around ninth, tenth grade or whatever, trying to educate kids and warn kids about these various predators online. I mean, he's done a lot of good, this mayor. Yeah. And the bottom line is, Leo, now he's going to fourth and fifth grade to warn kids. Yeah. Yeah, John, because it's getting – these kids are so sexualized by eight or nine these days. Okay? And, you know, this is what's happening. The world is available to them online. There's the movies and the music – it, the, the 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 dress styles, everything is full of sex, and these kids are so sexualized. I hear they're you know kids are having sex as young as eight these days. Yeah, you know, that's incredible. That's I mean, you can't believe this. You know, we are going so far backwards, people. We have to stop somewhere and say enough is enough. You know, who is running the show here, and why and they, is this okay? Going into fourth grade classes. Jeez, I don't even remember fourth grade. We were, I don't even remember. We, we were, Officer Friendly came in and told us not to talk to strangers. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's restrictions. We, we have to get parents involved to set up restrictions, consequences, and boundaries. I mean, it, 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 it won't work without parents. It all starts it, at home. It will exactly. not work without parents. And if, you know what? What parents put into their kids, it's what they're going to get out of their kids. It's kind of like, in a way, I'm going to use this as a crazy analogy, but like your teeth. If you take care of your teeth, you're going to have good teeth. If you don't mm-hmm. take care of your teeth, guess what? They're going to go away. If you don't take care of your kids, parents, look out. Something could happen. They could go away. We've yeah. seen it. We've seen we've seen many overdoses, Leo. We've many, seen, we've seen many. many, many traumatic, sad situations. And too many times, John, too many times. And then in too many times, you know, it's it's too late. The parent brings in their 17 or 18-year-old, and there's a long way from birth till 17 where a lot of missing important events and nurturing did not take place. You know, and sometimes they're so far beyond reach, 
you know, they it really, you, it, it's almost impossible to lure them back in. You know, it's sometimes it takes a lot of hard work and on getting through that. And it can take years and years of constant therapy for both the family and the, and the client to, to, to get better. Yeah. And, and, you know, what, what is the solution? You know, and that's something I've thought about for 25 years or something. And I'll never forget 20 some years ago, I was speaking to a DIFUS worker in New Jersey. Now, DIFUS stands for, stands for Division of Youth and Family Services. And really what DIFUS does is they watch over children and they watch over child abuse in New Jersey. And if a child is having a problem or being abused in any way and DIFUS finds out about it, they're going to be showing up at your house. And they're a tough bunch to deal with. But I remember talking with this DIFUS worker and I said to her, what are we supposed to do here? I mean, what are we supposed to do? Because without the parents, I mean, we're with the child an hour, two, three hours a week, four hours a week. Right. We're not, we're not with the child when the child goes home. We can't mm-hmm. set consequences and boundaries and watch the child. Okay. I mean, I mean, the child is going to be, you know, have a display of certain behavior when they're here, but when they leave her and go home, I mean, who's calling the shots then? And that's why we need the parents to step up. And this, this young DIFUS worker told me, she said, the only way is if the court mandates the family into treatment. See, that's the problem. Lots of times these kids get charged, mm-hmm. but the family early on doesn't get a slap on the wrist. The family wow. gets a lawyer, lawyer shows up for the kid, fights the charges early on, tries to get the kid off, but the family's not held accountable for their uh, underage child. He's not an adult. And, 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 f- and when you think about it, you're legally and morally responsible for your child in Jersey till you're 18. Absolutely, yes. But yet, yes, yeah. these kids get popped early on. You know, the parents really don't get called on the carpet. No. You know, and and I think I think they need to face, you know, the fire a little bit. I think there needs to be a little, uh, you know, I think there needs to be a little consequence for the parents if they're not keeping an eye on their child. I think a judge has every right to ask, well, what are you doing to keep them in line or keep her in line? Absolutely, yes. And it's, it's really a sad situation that when a, a court has to come in and say, why aren't you taking care of your child to begin with? You know, you need, I really do believe you, you should have to go through psychological evaluations and examinations in order to, um, you know, have children in this country. <laughs> I really do. The things that some of these other news articles, they're just constantly coming out about what parents do to with their kids. It's just like, what are they, what is going on? What do you, I don't know. But yeah, there should be more restrictions. Parents need to parent and the best way to avoid an intervention john is to have prevention when the kid is growing up and that means doing your job parent your kid parent 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 yeah and ashley ashley you're absolutely right and ashley's parent mother uh yeah and then the father got involved finally went in and looked at the computer i wonder just how many parents take the time to check out their kids' computers. 
Well, they have the, they can and they should. And maybe parents are, we gotta end real quick here, John, but okay. let's, let's ask our parents, you know, guys, get in there, look at your computers, know what your kids are up to, be a part of their lives, you know, and do the right thing by them. They're your kids. I guess on that note, John, we'll be back next week and, uh, enjoy the weekend. Yeah. Everybody have a good time. Be safe out there and, uh, Keep your eye on those predators online.